I have something brand new that I'm super excited to share with you. It's called the Community Creators Hub, and I've made it just for you. You can search through every episode of this podcast by keyword, download all of my favorite guides and resources, and find all of my recommended tools for community creators. And the best part? It's completely free. Just go to Community Creators Hub, that's Community Creators Hub, H-U-B, dot com to get your free access. That time that my family and some friends went to a water park and I got three little kids stuck in a water tube slide. Yeah, I'm going to be talking all about that in this episode and sharing some life lessons that I learned that hopefully you can apply to your business. This is for you, the online business owner who wants to maximize your profit and multiply your impact. I'm Shanna, host of the Community Creators Podcast. I've spent over a decade helping top brands and entrepreneurs create thriving communities that increase their reach, retention, and revenue. This podcast is where I share my best insights and invite you into conversations with the world's leading community creators and cultivators. So grab your favorite mug, fill it up, and let's get started. So my family and I are really big on adventure. We love traveling. We love doing new things. And recently, we went and stayed at a local hotel here in Nashville that has a water park with some friends of ours. This trip has been planned for a while. And in fact, it's not the first time we've done this. Actually, the men in our friend group had taken the kids and gone to stay the night at the Opryland Hotel in Nashville and go to Soundwaves, which is their big indoor-outdoor water park. And they had a wonderful time. So this time, some of the wives were going to join as well. And I could not wait. I actually really love roller coasters. I love, you know, water slides, all of that type of adventurous stuff I really enjoy. And being a mom and a business owner, honestly, like I don't really get the time to do that very much anymore, which is pretty sad. So I was really looking forward to this trip, spending some time with my friends, getting to spend some quality time with my kids and go on a little bit of adventure with them. So when my son was asking me to go on water slides, It was a heck yes for me. I was so excited to go on these water slides. We were having such a great time. We spent two days there, okay? So the first day was amazing. You don't know, I have a nine-year-old boy, a five-year-old girl, and a two-year-old boy. And there's really something for everyone at Soundwaves Water Park. There's a wave pool outside. There's a few of those like really fast water slides. In fact, my son did one that I was... I don't think I would ever do where it's very high. They put you inside of this tube and there's like a countdown. And then all of a sudden it just drops you straight down on this like one person water slide. To me, that just seems like a wedgie waiting to happen. I'm like, no, thank you. That does not look like fun. But so they have those kinds of slides outside. And then they have this big like splash park kids play area outside as well. And then when you go inside, which is where we spent most of our time, upstairs, downstairs, they have a couple of lazy rivers. They have a big pool with basketball and rock climbing wall. And then upstairs, they have this like little kids area with those big splash buckets and toddler areas. We're spending a lot of time there. So when I was invited to go on the water slide section, I was super excited. So we were going to do the indoor water slides. 
The indoor water slides, there's a couple just kind of like just you. You're not in inflatable tube, if you will. I'm trying to like explain this for y'all so you get it, but you're not in an inflatable tube. But one of them's like a dark tunnel that you go down. Another one's like a well-lit tunnel. So we did that. So much fun. They have the solo tube ride where you get in the tube yourself and write it down. They have the double tube ride, which I really enjoyed where my son and I were going down on this double tube together. And then they have a family style tube. So this is one of the highest rides. It's really cool because you start inside, the tube goes outside, and it finishes back inside. And we had gone on it the day before with my husband and I and my son and like had a good time. So we were going to go on it, and I was so excited that I was just going to take the little kids because some of the parents at this point had dissipated. They were gone, and it was like there was a couple of dads that were going to watch the littles, and I'm like, I'm taking some of the older kids. So it was my nine-year-old son, my five-year-old daughter, who granted I had to convince to go on this. I'm like, it is so safe. We're all going to be together. You're not tall enough for any of the other slides. This is the perfect one for you. It's going to be so much fun. We went on it so many times yesterday. We had a blast. And then her little friend, who was a six-year-old girl. So the first time we go up there, my daughter's literally shaking like a leaf before she gets on this water slide. And we get in the tube. It's like this huge family-style tube. And we get in the tube and we go down all the like twists and turns and all of that. And we land and get all wet and splashed on it. We have a grand time. Like my daughter is giggling, laughing. She had so much fun. And of course, the first thing she says is, we have to go again. You have to go again. And I'm like, yes. My nine-year-old son's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know that I want to do that one again. That wouldn't be my first choice. And we're like, hey, buddy, we have to have at least four people on this tube. That's the requirement. Will you please go with us just one more time? And then you can go and do whatever you want to do. So he reluctantly agrees. So here we go again. We kind of rearranged ourselves a little bit. My son was going to sit across from me this time. And then the five-year-old and six-year-old on either side. Well, when we first started to get going on the water slide, there's like this little lip, if you will, that you have to get over. And we kind of got stuck. My weight was in the back. I think that was kind of keeping us from being able to go over it easily. We ended up taking on water into this tube. But the guy didn't seem too concerned about it. I'm looking at my son sitting in water. And I'm like, doesn't look good, but okay, sure. So he pushes us down and we start spinning. Not like a fun, like, oh, woo, this is making this ride so much more exciting as we go around all these twists and turns and go up the side of this big tube. Like, our tube is spinning too. That's so fun. Like a centrifugal motion of terror spinning so fast that I'm like trying to hold on to these little children who look like horror-faced and I'm like holding on to their, I can see like them literally going to the side and like trying to hold on to the part of the tube. And we're just spinning so fast. And I'm like yelling at them, like, just hold on, hold on. We're going to be down in a minute. Just hold on. Terrifying. Not to mention, if you know anything about me, you know, I get car sick. I don't do spinning things or I will vomit. So I'm sitting here going, hold it together, Shanna, hold it together. So not only are we spinning super fast around and around, but like we're going up the sides of this water slide and there's these bumps and all sorts of things. Well, we get to the middle of the water slide and we stop spinning. We get stuck. We're stuck in the middle of the water slide. And right where this water is kind of rushing over this bump, we're stuck. I am to the back, which I think is probably why we got stuck. You're not supposed to spin on this. And so typically the person who weighs the most would naturally be toward like the bottom of the tube, like kind of going first. But I was in the back because we were spinning and that got us stuck at this bump. 
So the kids are panicking. I'm very thankful that we are no longer spinning because at this point I know we're good. Like they're either going to come get us or I'm going to be able to get us down. But the spinning has stopped. These children are not going to flail out of this tube onto the ride and have to go down this solo and land in a pool at the end. So I was feeling pretty good about it. Nine-year-old, six-year-old, and five-year-old were not feeling so good about being stuck in the middle of this ride and not able to get down. So they're full panicking, trying to get them down. I like put a leg out. I'm trying to push us off of the side. Clearly not strong enough to get us over this hump, but I'm doing everything short of getting out of the tube and trying to push or pull because I didn't want these kids to freak out. Now, if I would have thought about it for long, I would have kind of switched with my son and moved my weight to that side of the tube. But I was really focused on just keeping the kids calm at this point. Apparently, my son told me that he was just sitting there and thinking about how he knew because he'd seen the outside. He knew that we were in the middle of the tube, that we were very, very high up. And his thought was like, this thing could fall and we're just going to fall. So he's like planning his death right there in the middle of this tube. Anyway, so we're in the tube for a little while, and they are obviously going to be able to tell that we're not coming out. That's what I think is like, they're going to see that we're not coming out. Well, we were, we were still in the tube, still having water rush over us. It's like telling these kids, I promise they're going to get us. I promise, I promise. So we just have to, I'm like, look, use your voice, start asking for help. So thankfully, what happened is they turned the water off. And it's super hot and sticky in this tube. So all the things are happening, panic, they feel like they're sweating and water is stopped and what's going to happen now. So we hear this guy like squeaking down, squeak, 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 and his crocs all the way down. And he's yelling like, it's okay, buddy. You're fine. Stay calm. (laughs) I don't think that's going to help. But he gets to us and he basically is like, we have two choices. And I don't know which one is going to be best, but either you all are going to get out of this inflatable and you're going to slide down this big tube through the rest of the ride on your butt or crawl or whatever you got to do and get to the bottom. Or I'm going to come back up. I'm going to sit in the tube with you so that we have enough weight. And I am going to, we're going to turn the water back on and you're going to ride down. So as he walks, we hear him squeak, squeak, squeaking all the way down the tube because he said he needed to figure out how far down we were to see if we could just slide out. So he's squeaking all the way down and they're panicking. They're like, wait, what? He just left us here again. So just trying to keep the kids calm was challenging enough. Now he's left. I'm like, it's fine. And he takes forever. I don't know who we had to consult to make a decision about this, but it took forever for us to start hearing him come back up. And we were placing bets while they were down. I was like trying to keep the kids distracted. I was showing them like how the tube was made. I'm like, look at that. They've numbered the parts. Like that's how they knew how to put it in order. Math is important. Everything that I could do. But we were taking bets to see like, was it going to be one or two? Were we going to ride down or slide down? And they all were hoping that we were going to get out of the tube and slide down on our butts through this tunnel because we didn't want to spin. Like they were terrified of this ride now. They're like, the last thing we want is for you to turn the water back on and send this tube down this ride because we do not want to spin out of this tube. So anyways, he comes back up and he's like, I'm going to ride with you. So he gets in in his clothes with his walkie talkie and all of his things. And he sits on the back end of the tube on the lower end to give the weight that we need. Now, the crazy thing is, is when they turn the water back on, actually, he even wasn't able to get us moved. So he had to kind of like do some motion to get us going. We rode down. 
really wonderful. He got soaked. They gave up the kids ice cream and popsicles, and I had to, you know, sign something. I don't know, fill out a, an injury report. All that to say, it was over and done with. And it would have been really easy for us to just say, like, you never have to ride this ride again, or you never have to ride anything again. You know, my adult logic brain was able to say, yeah, that was scary, but that is very, very rare. And it's probably worst case scenario. And we survived it and we're fine. Like, yes, it was scary, but we're fine. Like we didn't get injured. We're good. And yet a child's brain has a really hard time rationalizing that. But we did as a family, the family of our daughter's friend agreed as well that the kids needed to go on this before we left. So they got really excited when they went to go on it and it was actually shut down. So they were kind of testing some, I think they had removed the tube that we were on to see if there was something wrong with it. They were kind of testing some new tubes. So they had it turned off and they thought like, yes, it's shut down. We're not going to get to go on it, but they turned it on right at the last minute before we were about to leave. So you better believe this time we did it differently because what we discovered is that although myself and a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and a five-year-old equal four people, which is the minimum requirement, we don't quite meet the weight. And so when we took on that water, having that water actually created this weird motion of like of the perfect weight distribution to make us spin. So we didn't want to risk that. But the dads agreed to take the three littles on the tubes and we knew it was going to work great that time. So as terrified as they were, these three little kids, nine, six, and five, they got back on that tube of terror with their two dads and they rode down bravely and had a great time. Now my nine-year-old says he's probably never going to ride it again. Who knows? Give it time. But I'm so proud of them. And as I was reflecting on that whole experience, which was really crazy, and I kept telling them, oh, this is going to be an incredible story to tell. You're going to get to tell your friends you've been stuck on a ride before. You're going to get to think about this every time you go to sound waves and just a really fun bonding experience that we have that nobody can take away from us, right? That shared experience which I talk about a lot in the context of community, these shared experiences that we have, ideally not traumatic, ideally positive, but no matter what it is, when you have a unique shared experience with somebody, it creates an emotional bond to that person that can really not be broken. So we now have an emotional bond to each other and our friend's little daughter as well because of that experience. But as I was reflecting on it, I really wanted to think about how can I help my kids learn from this experience. And honestly, it ended up being lessons for me and for my business as well. So I wanted to share them with you because I think it's really important for us to reflect on not just the experiences we have in business, but the experiences we have in life and see how we can apply those to change and improve the way that we live. So here are just five quick life lessons that I want to share with you from this experience, okay? So the first life and business lesson is that your ability to control the experience is limited. And this is probably the hardest one for me. I don't know about you, but I'm a big fan of control. And when things in my life feel out of control, I gravitate towards the things that I feel like I can control, which is honestly my business. Like we've been walking through some tough personal things as a family lately, and I have noticed myself gravitating towards my business because that feels more controllable than what's going on in our personal life. So your ability to control the experience is limited and you can do the same thing with the same people in the same way and have a completely different experience. 
which is what happened to us. We had all ridden that ride before together and enjoyed it. And the ride worked the way that it was supposed to work. We did the exact same thing. Everything that we could control was the same, the same four people in the ride, but we had a very different experience. And that's important for us to remember in business because sometimes something doesn't work right. It's worked well before, but it didn't work right this time. That funnel didn't work. That ad didn't work. That lead magnet didn't convert it. That speaking engagement or whatever it is. And we throw it out. We're like, it doesn't work anymore versus going, what are the uncontrollables of this situation that impacted the result? There are certain things that we can control and then there's a lot that we can't control. So really ask yourself, ask yourself the question of when I look at the things that I can control in this offer, in this funnel or in this pitch or whatever it is. You know, was all of that the same? Should I have expected the same result? What are the uncontrollables that impacted the result? Because really, we don't need to make a ton of changes to what we have proven works when it was the uncontrollables that made the big difference. Okay, lesson number two is sometimes stopping is what's best. Sometimes stopping is what's best. You know, like I said, we were spinning completely out of control. You are not supposed to spin on this ride. And for me, getting stuck was actually a relief because it was so terrifying. The spinning, I just was really worried that these children were going to spin out of this tube that was just out of control. So I was actually really grateful when the tube got stopped in the middle and got stuck because it stopped the spinning. And I think this is true in life. I am a go-getter. If you haven't noticed, I'm a bit of an overachiever, always have been. I'm always on the go. I'm always thinking about the next thing that I can do and create and move into. And I don't really give myself time to rest and stop. In fact, oftentimes I think that stopping is quitting. You know, you might be in the middle of a project and you get in the middle of the project and you actually realize like, I don't actually think this project is going to serve the business in the way that I thought it would. Or... You're halfway through figuring out a new offer and you go, I actually don't know that this is an alignment or that I think this is going to take way more work than we initially anticipated, but heck, we're going to move forward with it anyways. Not necessarily. You know, you don't have to move forward. Sometimes stopping is what's best. Sometimes, sometimes we need to pause, not stop completely, but we just need to stop and pause and look at things more strategically. We need to ask ourselves, is this really right? And can I get a bird's eye view of this before I keep moving forward? And I may make the decision to not keep going, or I may make the decision to go forward, but in a different way or on a different path, or I may just keep going as it is, but at least I paused and stopped long enough to make that decision. So the third lesson I want you to learn is to have a plan for when things go wrong, because things will go wrong. And when you do, when you have that plan for when things go wrong, then when things go wrong, which they always will, trust the plan. Now, I could remain calm inside of that stuck ride to support the kids because I knew that the adults in the situation, the workers had a plan for scenarios like this. I knew they had a plan for when somebody got stuck in the tube, and I trusted that they would implement the plan and that we'd be rescued. That's why I was able to remain calm. So in business, oftentimes things go wrong and in life things go wrong. And no, we can't plan for every scenario, but there's lots of things we can plan for. If we think about what I talk about a lot with community is having a plan for community conflict. And there's past episodes we'll link to in the show notes, but we talk about having a conflict resolution plan 
for your community. Why? Because then you can remain calm when things go wrong because you know there's a plan, you know how to implement it. Now, you may not implement it perfectly. It may not always go the way that you want, like we talked about in point number one, but at least you can rest in the fact that you are not starting from scratch with an unsound mind. Oftentimes when we need a backup plan or we need a solution for something, we're not energetically or emotionally in a good place because when things go wrong, our triggers of fear and all of that ends up setting in and we can't make a logical or rational decision. We end up making an emotional decision. So when that is not happening, when we are calm, when we're not in the middle of chaos, when we're not in the middle of something going wrong, we can actually take the time to plan a strategic and logical plan that we can trust when things do go wrong, okay? Lesson number four, change your focus, change your feelings. Now, there are a lot of people who coach around this kind of topic about how your thoughts determine your feelings. And what I realized with the kids is they, you know, they don't really understand what they're thinking. And I think it's true for a lot of us as adults as well. We're not paying attention to our thoughts, but what we do know is what we're focused on. So when the kids were focused on being stuck, they were crying and panicked. And when we started looking around at the structure of the slide and taking bets on on how we would get down, they were able to stay calm. Well, their situation actually did not change. They were still stuck in that slide. What changed? Their focus. They stopped focusing on the negative. They they stopped focusing on the fear. Like my son, we're going to fall out of the sky, you know? When they stopped focusing on that and they shifted their focus elsewhere, it actually changed their emotions, their feelings, their being, if you will. So the same is true in business. We can often focus on the sale we didn't get. We can focus on the unsubscribes. And I get this a lot. In fact, I was just looking at unsubscribes on my email list this morning because we sent an accidental email yesterday and then we had to send an oops email, which meant three emails back to back, which I never do. Like it's one email a week pretty much and that's it. So three emails, like I knew, just knew we were gonna get unsubscribes. So I was looking at who unsubscribed, how many people unsubscribed. And then I realized I was getting worried. I was like feeling like a failure for the simple little mistake. Why? Because I was focused on the negative. I was focused on the unsubscribes. But when I looked at the big picture, again, going back to stopping, when I stopped and I looked at the big picture, our subscribers overall this week were way up, way up. And then that got me feeling good because I changed my focus. So if you are feeling down or negative in your life, but also in your business, I want you to ask yourself this one question. Where is my focus right now? Because where your focus is, is going to impact what you're feeling. And what you're feeling is always going to impact your capacity for doing and creating in your business. All right, fifth and final lesson, get back on the horse. This is not the first time you have heard this. If you fall off the horse to get back on, but when scary stuff happens, it is so easy to want to quit. It's so easy to want to give up completely. But what we learned from what happened, we were too light we were able to make adjustments to the weight and they didn't want to go again. They were afraid, but they did. And the adjustments that we made made a different outcome. But here's what I really want you to think about is it's so easy, especially as business owners and entrepreneurs, that when we fail, and I'm not just talking about sending an accidental email or not having a good launch. But when we do something like invest $40,000 or whatever in ads and it doesn't produce a return, 
or when we do what I've done, which is shut down a six-figure business because I have a dream about something else and then something personally happens in life and everything kind of messes up and I'm like, where's our money going to come from? When we really fail and we really get knocked off of that horse, we have to be willing to get back on. And I hope that you have people in your life that will encourage you to get back on and will not only do that, will give you a hand to lift you up and help you get back up on that horse. We all need that. And that's why I really encourage you to have a community of fellow entrepreneurs that you are connected with. If you don't, please email me, reach out to me. I will help you find a community that is right for you because I went many, many years in business where I made a lot of stupid decisions because I didn't have that kind of community. I was focused on the wrong things. Every little failure would really get me down. It would take me a while to spring back up from it. And the thing that was missing was a community of fellow business owners and entrepreneurs. So I really want to encourage you to focus on that because those are the people that are going to help you get back on the horse when you get knocked off. And inevitably, if you haven't yet, you will. You will. It is just the nature of business ownership and entrepreneurship that you're going to have and experience failures, maybe a month down the line, maybe a year down the line, maybe 10 years down the line, but they will come. And when they do, you're going to want those people to help support you in getting back up and getting going again. All right. This is a little different than what I typically share with you all, but I do think it's really important, again, to reflect on these lessons when things like this happen. But I knew when I wrote these down, I was like, I have to share this with my incredible community because they are going to get it. You all are going to get it. And sometimes you don't need the tactics. Sometimes you don't need the next retention strategy or community strategy or whatever it might be. Sometimes you just need to hear some words of wisdom from something as silly as getting stuck in a water slide ride. So going back to those lessons, I want to share them with you one more time before we wrap up. Lesson number one, your ability to control the experience is limited. You can do the same thing in the same way, the same people and get a different result. Number two, sometimes stopping is what's best. Number three, have a plan for when things go wrong. Then when things go wrong, which they will, trust the plan. Number four, change your focus, change your feelings. Somebody else says like where your focus goes, your energy flows, but I really just think about changing your focus will change your feelings and your feelings will impact how you are able to live your life run your business and show up for those around you. Then number five, get back on the horse, get back on the horse. We're going to get knocked down, but we need that community of people surrounding us that are going to help us get back up. All right, friends, I hope that us getting stuck in that tube It's a lesson for all of us and you all are learning from it. And if you want to see a picture of us and our experience, you can just go and follow me on Facebook at Channel Speaks or Instagram and see these cute little faces of these brave little kids that brought forth these life lessons. All right, you all have a great rest of your week. Hey, if you're serious about creating a thriving online community, then you need to really understand the four foundations of every thriving community. I'm going to teach it to you in a free seven-minute training. That's right. It's just seven minutes. You don't even have to give me your email address to get access. All you have to do is go to freecommunitytraining.com or DM me the word training over on Instagram to get access. Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. Then do me a favor and leave a review letting me know what you want to hear more of. To learn more about the show or connect with me, head to shanalyn.com. That's S-H-A-N-A-L-Y-N-N.com. Until next time.